This is Hawk with Mike Bridenstine. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hawk with Mike Bridenstine is brought to you by No Coast Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Mike knows like so, like the biggest names in comedy. Dude, you gotta see this guy's fucking show list. He like has like the biggest names on uh, in comedy on his on his show. It's kind of unreal, Mike, how you do that. The best po- panel pod on the internet. And this is what the show's about, Nick. That we're, we have our finger on the pulse of America's uh, trends. Hi, everybody. Hey. This whole day can suck a thousand fucking dicks. Yeah. Welcome to Hunk. With Mike Bridenstine. I'm Mike Bridenstine. Shout out Rick Gonzalez. Shout out Bad Planet. Shout out Untaken Podcast. Shout out to The Buffer. Shout out No Coast Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. My unpaid announcer is David McGregor. Thank you for listening. I hope you had a good State of the Union Ash Wednesday. If not, I still have the world's greatest panel. David Angelo is back. First time on the panel. How is that fucking possible? He's an Emmy-nominated writer for The Daily Show. Orioles fan. You know David Angelo. Mike Burns is back. Tigers fan. He's the host of Power Moves with Mike Burns and the creator of Dad Boner on Twitter and the best man in my wedding. Dave Hellum is back from Southside. He's also got a special on Amazon You Should Stream. Cubs fan. Rojo Perez is back. Yankees fan. He's been on Conan. He's been on Jimmy Fallon. One of your favorites. This lineup is stacked. So without further ado, here are David, Mike, Dave, and Rojo. And if you don't already, if you're here for the first time, hi, I'm Mike. Welcome. Please hit subscribe. What's going on? Do you know Rojo Perez? Of course I know. I you don't work in show business without knowing Rojo. Oh, that's Perez. true. That's I mean, that's one hundred percent true. What do you got? A fantastic view or something? You don't set up the camera there if you're not showing. the Whoa! View. This is like that show Billions on Showtime. Yeah, you know things are going pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> Living so right, but can't invest in one little ring light, can we? <laughs> We can get a twenty dollar investment here for two years of Zoom work. Rido knows I have a technical difficulty every time I do a podcast. It's weird that it's. I think as soon as it's over, you take every knob and tweak it or something. Like I don't get why it would need to switch every time. Maybe I just have faulty equipment. I have cheap shit. I don't know. Angelo, you ever run into this? You ever run into this sort of thing? No, you know, I, I was uh, the nation's leading audiovisual technician from 2005 to about 2008. I mean, if I needed a projector, I, I know who to ask about it. Pretty much literally any audio, anyone who worked in the industry during those years literally knows who I am. Like, they know my name. Uh, that's nice. That must work out well for you. It's, you know, it feels good. You see that view? You don't get that view not uh, having every AV person in the nation know you. They're all out there. So my icebreaker is, weirdest thing you've ever seen at an open mic. This was fun to do last week. What is the weirdest thing that you've ever seen at an open mic? I'll take this one. You know, I mean, for starters, it's probably me. It's odd, you know, (laughs) two-time Emmy nominee. I'm out there. Work in the room. You do open mics, so people are like, "What is David Angelo doing here?" That's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. 
it's very odd. Everybody's confused by it. Mostly me. I don't know why. That's the only room I can do now, these open mics. I love your unapologetic begging to do spots with listing credits on social media that I'm writer for the daily show and I do this and you won't let me do your fucking showcase at the comedy shop. You know, I actually never, I, I am shameless, but I never mentioned the daily show. You just say you know, the I Emmys. A, yeah. I say <laughs> the Emmys. Yeah. That's because that, that, that people would be like, well then no. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you mention the daily show? Because they'll come after me. Someone, you know, everybody. Then there'll be emails. There's always some ha- happenings. You know, people. By who? By I don't have fans, show? but I do have a lot of enemies. <laughs> well, that's good to have, right? Anybody see something yeah. fucking weird? One time, I was with Burns at uh, the Mix Open Mic in Chicago, and Adam Crocius had a stalker straight up chase him into the kitchen and like grab onto his ankle. And then everybody, he had to produce like a, a restraining order from his back pocket while everybody was like, what the fuck is happening? And uh, she got arrested and that he had a female stalker. That was a fun one. That no, happened. that's crazy. Because Croesus is like, I wouldn't imagine him having a stalker. For alone. four years he had a stalker <laughs> that would show up at everything. Or a girlfriend. <laughs> you all know Croesus? I think everybody at Rojo does, actually. Oh, my God. He is like uh he is like the driest uh I mean, he's a nice guy, but I just that's that's just a wild situation for that to be happening. That's crazy. I've known Crocious for you know, since Chicago in the early two thousands, but during COVID we golfed like three times a week. So I got to see what Adam Crocious was like on a golf course and the maniac that you think he is is nothing compared <laughs> to that man sucking at golf and getting yeah. it. I mean, <laughs> he had bombing like, meltdowns, missing a putt meltdowns yeah. like, you know, we're all just it's like me and CJ Sullivan. OK, to explain what expl- comics. But this is a guy who is gripping the club and slamming it into putting greens and that kind of thing. Like, gee, we're not even keeping score. <laughs> it's about what he would do when he would start bombing at a show, actually. So that's yeah, he treats all clubs the same, you know, just tries uh, to destroy them. There it is. That's why you write for the, the, the TV shows. <laughs> I think the wildest thing I've ever seen in open mic is a comic openly laughing at somebody else's joke, but then writing down in, in their notebook, like taking notes on, on other comic stuff. And they said it wasn't it wasn't for them stealing it. They just really appreciated it, and they were using it to learn how to write better jokes. And I was like, ah, I don't really believe that, man. You know what I'm saying? So, just open like, just theft of of, of material, and, like just in, in the wild. In open a big book. notebook, wow. like if you're gonna steal, was it, was it Robin Williams? <laughs> <laughs> Carlos Mencia. Actually. Um, I don't, I don't know. If you're going to steal, don't have like a big notebook where you're like writing it down like Cosby and picture pages. But but people talk so fast. I need a big notebook. <laughs> I'm trying to keep it down as it's happening. Wow. <laughs> it's dark. Time. You can't see in there. You need a big notebook. <laughs> Rojo, you never did an open mic and saw something crazy? Um, there, was a, there, there was a woman who would get up naked. Uh... And she would walk in with like a robe, and then when her name were called, she opened up, and she'd do 
three minutes of regular stand-up, but naked. Was it was it like ooh la la or oh Jesus? No, uh, I mean the jokes weren't great. If that's what you're asking. <laughs> jokes could have been tighter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Needed to trim the fat, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh yeah. All right. <laughs> what I'm talking about? Uh, you, you, I mean, it could be either one. This is the danger you run into when you don't have any women booked on the program, Brian. I had yeah. women booked on the program. You can't make them show up. Well, there you go. That's true. There you saw go. The, the lineup. I was like, ah, I think I'm No good. one saw the lineup. No, she saw it. Because <laughs> I talked to Danielle yesterday. Did you? Yeah. She was very excited. She said she had none to do all day today. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. Okay, so... Uh, I want your take on this. Arnold Schwarzenegger and Logan Paul are starting a new slap fighting championship. Will you watch this? Is this a good investment? It's slap boxing? Slap fighting? It's when the two Russian dudes from the clips I've seen stand there and then they get they like just open hand slaps oh, to the face. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Are you guys going to watch this thing? I live in New York City, Mike. I just go on the subway for that stuff. Gratis. I'm <laughs> 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 paying a subscription. I'd watch it like an appetizer, though. Like a pre... You could get me to pay an extra $3 for this UFC fight if I caught at the beginning some slap fight competition. If it's like, on, I will watch it. Yeah. Nah, oh. That's too dangerous, man. Like... I've seen people like get knocked the fuck out, like doing that stuff. And that's just, I got enough trauma in my world right now. Yeah. I need happy, happy. But thing. you don't, but, but you ain't fighting that. We're not asking you to take a slap. Hey, I, got a, to do it. I got a heart, man. I ain't trying to see that shit. It somehow looks worse than being punched. Yeah. Because it's more disrespectful. It, it's more disrespectful, but I think they still come through with, um, the palm of your hand, which gets a little, which which brings the force, but then the slap itself also is, is, it, it's a different level of pain. One is jarring, but one is stingy. Yeah. Also, you're just standing there with your face out, so it's worse than boxing in terms of like the shot that you're taking. If you're boxing, you can get your your defenses up and everything. No one's just going like winding up. <laughs> And then it's like smacking you like that. Yeah. So your argument is boxing is a safer sport. I did some well taking a slap to the face. And what seems to be you are sticking your face out to get slapped, and it's like flinching from the slap is like against the rules, I guess. So it's like you're guaranteed to get smacked in the face three times. I I like it because this I'll watch the shit out of this. Doesn't bother me because I'm assuming that anyone who's going to participate in it, whether it's Logan Paul or some other asshole, it's going to be someone I dislike and I'm going to really enjoy what happens to them. I mean, yeah, Dave, uh, Helen, like, what if it's just a bad person then? Like, you, you right. don't want the drama. It's, but... it's not like it's going to be Jimmy Carter and, you know, <laughs> Maya Angelou. Is she alive? I don't know. Now, that would be cool if you could take like people. Who are like criminals and like you know like they, they were in prison and like this is like you can either serve ninety days in prison or, or you can slap just fight and get the shit slapped out of you 
for an hour. And it's like, all right. I, I would I would pay to see that. <laughs> you want to you 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 just need a redeemable win at the end. It can't just be for entertainment. That would be a great way to like get out of a parking ticket that you can't pay. I would do that. Like, would you do you take That's the slap? Yeah, slap the shit out of me. Who's but who's slapping the people who collect the money or the cops? Because if I like if it's where I would go pay the ticket, then that's just someone behind the counter. I mean, it'll okay, yeah have have yeah, somebody okay. from the DMV, <laughs> just a lady at the DMV, Pearl, Pearl from the DMV, from the Glendale DMV. Uh, okay, who's watching Genius on Netflix? Who is watching it? Uh, I Every, love it. Everybody but Rojo. I absolutely love it. I think it's it's made for me. Brido and I talked about it. It's it's like the Last Dance. It's. <laughs> It's I'm it's, so, it's the I'm new so, last dance. I'm so grateful someone made it's like someone made something just for me and it makes me so happy. I watch them all multiple times. It's it's not like it it's it makes me sad in a way. That I was like, "Oh man, I loved Kanye so much. Like I was so into Kanye from like first two albums, third album, yes, and then it's kind of gets and then and now we're and then we're, Jesus we're, comes out and it's okay again. Uh, now it's a third. rain boots. <laughs> the best album was that Dark Fantasy one. Yeah, you that was great. You weren't oh. on board with that one. I love that. I I like it fine, but I think that the first the first two are like that's late, what the legislation might be the greatest like rap album of all time from front to back. Like, there's no track on there that uh, I, I think it's one bring me down with brandy i don't care for it. but front to back him and john bryan the the kooky white dude who um did the um production for fiona apple like him and kanye together which is like the most random pair ever like that was just a fucking masterpiece that song yeah. gone is like the pinnacle of, yes. of yes anything that he's done to me gone is gone is my hands down my favorite kanye song ever and it the the uh the Cameron verse and that is, I, I I watch it I like I watch it on Spotify so I can read the lyrics just like, it's so good. This this, this I have no opinions. It's, it's so good. Remember this. <laughs> <laughs> there is one thing that I was texting with Ricky Carmona about, and he's like, it'd be like if and last because like Cootie always just will cut to like his own life for some reason. <laughs> Oh, here's, yeah. my, here's my dad yeah it's like okay yeah. now we're on the subway with cootie's mom like it'd be yeah. like if in the last like, dance that director is like here's a ymca soccer game i had that year and it's just like that's cool man but yeah cootie will be like now to understand kanye first we have to go back to my childhood and it's like cootie we don't need to go to your childhood <laughs> We could skip that part. How many shots of Cootie do we need doing Channel Zero in a mirror? Like it's uh, that's the one note that I have. But I guess how do you tell that to Cootie? Like less you. Cootie was a stand-up comic though. Did you know that he did like Comic View back in the day? It in episode two he does Mo Better Mondays, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 With uh, with B Ray at the Improv. Yeah. <laughs> What's but he been doing see- all twenty years though? He's not just been doing this one movie for no. twenty years. No, no, I think there's a long gap between episode two and episode three. Like Kanye no kind of aces him out. Did you all see his ESPN 30 for 30? Benji? Yes. Yeah. I know that I did, but it, they all start blurring together after a while. And that shit was amazing. Uh, it was very heartfelt. It was a lot of um, like 
cartoon and like animation in it, which was kind of was kind of weird. But uh, that is also a very fucking great piece of work as well. And they also dip into how he did a bunch of other videos. He got some work off of it. He wasn't starving or anything. I'm sure he was getting super rich, but he's good now. That they scene that- where that scene where like uh, Kanye tells him he wants Hype Williams for Jesus Walks yeah. is so awkward. Uh huh. Where and then the payoff of when it actually happens. Yeah. Is sorry, Rojo. Is, you got to see this shit. It's the best. It's like it. Um, so my my exact question was going to be. If you could see a documentary made about any album, what would it be? Because I think this is the answer for me. That episode two where they go through and you see like Jay Ivy do the verse on like Never Let Me Down. I was like, that was specifically aimed at me and people who love that album like I did. Like I uh-huh. like I just loved it so much. The bootleg gospel choir. Like uh yes. <laughs> yeah. through the wire and people just like smoke a cigarettes in the church. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. What, the, what the fuck is this, man? Two microphones in that room with that with that chorus that's not even paying attention. Uh, they're not doing a great job. I'll say that. <laughs> sounded good. Okay, it sounded okay. It sounded okay with the music. It sounded good. <laughs> if you could have any album have a documentary, what would you pick? Angela wants an Elvis. Well, they did a lot of those. See, they already did a lot of these. Yeah, like they did that Beatles one with the Get Back, which was good, and then they did um, Elvis had one with the Aloha from Hawaii concert, and it, that's the way it is. Was a documentary about Elvis. I'm not a huge Elvis fan, but like, I thought you, you know, were. Good... You were 15 years ago. Well, I mean... he. I think he's very like he's a great performer, but I don't listen to those albums really. Okay. You're hanging out listening to some Elvis, just pop it on. I thought Angelo liked Elvis. I thought he did. I time. do, I do, I do. And I like the I like him in the seventies. Only the seventies. I don't like any of that early stuff. I'm like yes. the reverse of everybody else. I, I only think he's good like nineteen seventy one and on. I can't right. li- that nineteen fifties stuff is like unlistenable. Yeah, that's the Warden through a party in the county jail? When he starts doing more pills and he becomes a mess, that's when he becomes a real artist. Other than that, he's just yeah. he's the fabrication. He's so good in the seven. That that album is great. The, not the album, but the, the uh, documentary is really good. That's the way it is. You should watch it. Which one I is recommend- the one where they they did an Elvis documentary fairly recently? And it was basically like he every decision he made was to make money. And that was like his undoing. No, he gave it. He gave away money all the time. He was there's a documentary about him. It's called Two Hundred Cadillacs, and it's about all the Cadillacs he gave away. Wow! And oh. it's just interviews with people. Who has an album that they want to see a documentary made about? Rojo, what's your favorite album that you want to see? Man, I think I'd watch a doc about eighty seven oh one or Confession. What's Maybe that? A, a what's two-part that? Co- <clears throat> Usher, but yeah, Usher. it's Usher when Usher becomes. The Confessions album puts him in like a different world. Mm-hmm. That album felt like it hit on the radio for a good year. There was like five number ones on it or something pretty insane. And he really does get the, busted. You know, that's all inspired, right? Correct? That he gets yeah, busted. Yeah, yeah. That's after getting caught up with uh, cheating on his wife or his fiance at the time. Burns, how are you? Um. Well, I- I've heard that they're going to do the same guy who's done uh, Last Dance, possibly. 
we're going to do DOCs. No one can do it better. And that wouldn't be just the album, but that's the only real album that he what? has. No, they're talking about doing a DOC documentary. The guy who did uh, Last Dance and Andre the Giant and Stone Cold? It's either that or who did the Stone Cold? It's that same guy. Yeah, I think that the next slated thing was to do one on the DOC. And like that's my favorite, arguably, hip-hop album of all time. And it, it would have a lot of ruthless stuff in it. And I would really, really enjoy that. I've never I would all, Yeah, that's 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 my favorite. I think that's my favorite ruthless artist ever. And I would, if I just had to pick it out of the hat, and someone asked me who my favorite rapper was, it's DOC. Okay, I'm gonna have to go check that out. Very good. He very he it's ruthless, and he rare. I think he says fuck like twice on the whole album, because he wanted to focus on being a better lyricist instead of leaning on profanity and it's it really fucking shows through. It's great. And it's all Dre. So it's very, very good. There's a sample that he uses from this. Uh, I learned about this, this family called the silvers. Oh yeah. Uh, and there was the, they wanted the new Jackson five and they had a youngest silver and uh, that's the big sample that he uses. I didn't know anything about it. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> it's getting funky. I, I would also I would also like to see a proper Van Halen documentary, which doesn't really exist. There's one book called Running with the Devil that's written by their former tour manager, which is the closest thing you'll get to the actual gritty rock and roll type hotel trashing fighting stories. But other than that, there really hasn't been anything as far as a biopic or a or a proper um, documentary that really showed things behind the scenes as far as found footage. Man, I read, uh, I think I, my middle school library had thunder of the gods and I checked it out. There's no way I should have been reading that as like a 13 year old. No, probably not. It's definitely banned. Like stuff, stuff getting shoved in women that should be in the ocean. And, uh, I remember the like right away the guy who's like the author of the book gets a blowjob on the toilet and I was like that is gross. I mean that's I bring this up Blumpkin. all the time <laughs> yeah, when Blumpkin. people <laughs> people want to cancel this, want to cancel that. I'm like you could cancel any of these fucking rock and roll bands that you want to. And they like you want Led Zeppelin should just be gone if you want to play by these sorts of rules. They stole all their shit. They would get canceled for that anyway. Right. There's a. They stole all. They the were at the open fly. mic writing down "Squeeze My Lemon." It's like <laughs> everything was like old bluesman riffs, and then uh, Lord of the Rings references. Right. They're very good. I mean, Led Zeppelin's incredible, but they did a lot of really bad shit. And if you want to dig it up and see that they stole from all kinds of black music, then they should be fucking gone. But that'll never happen because, you know, because, you know, we all know. Yeah. Yeah. But also, what are you going to cancel about them? Right. And they, they not out here doing the garden. Like what? Right. I think the people, I don't know. You know what I I mean? 
you know, the whole thing. Well, I, I'll just go back to like the Michael Jackson stuff. Like Michael Jackson, you can't listen to that anymore. Like there was a whole. I do. Now it's just kind of forgotten and people play it on the radio. And who cares? But there was a moment where it was like, whoa, can't listen to Michael Jackson anymore, I guess. But I think it's because he died. Yeah. I think if Michael Jackson's alive, I think there's still a lot. There would be a lot of right anti-love right. for uh yeah so I when cosby what, dies we're all gonna be watching the like it's gonna be i already got himself on on demand i'm waiting for the day he dies i'm gonna like, hey, <laughs> that watch that dennis again, bitch that shit is hilarious <laughs> we we talked about that the uh the camu bell uh cosby doc which oh, is yeah. very very good yeah and you know brido and i spoke about how it's like what you're watching it, and what it does is make you want to watch the Cosby Show so bad. It makes like, the Cosby Show look so good. It was well, good. It was it, yeah. It was a good I, show. It, and I, if we can still listen to Michael Jackson, can't we still have the Cosby Show on Netflix? <laughs> Please. I I think it should. Yeah. So he needs to hurry up and die. Is my point. He's close. <laughs> he looks. He's really close. So, he ain't going. You know. <laughs> We can only hope. Please die so I can watch your. Please die out. so we can watch Lisa Bonet. That when he was in prison, um, he would like role play as as Cliff Huxtable, and like the patients would come up to them, come up to him, and tell them like what what their ailments were. What? And, yes, like this. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> he would dress, he would role play as Cliff Huxtable in prison, and the inmates would come up with him and tell them their problems, and he would he would diagnose them. I would have talked to him and like be like, I'm Peter, and he puts me on his knee and bounces me up and down. Cliff Huxtable was an OBGYN, though. Yeah. Uh Yeah. How far were they getting in those exams? (laughs) In a basement. Prison's a wild place. If if you can make um if you can make wine from the toilet, um you you can have Cliff Huxtable be an OBGYN (laughs) with with a bunch of dudes. It's fine. Every person's problem was solved with, well, you got to take this pill, you see. You have a yeast infection. <laughs> It'll relax you. You see? You see? Dave, did you say your uh, your album, Dave Hellum? I'm sorry? Did you pick an album for that you wanted to talk about? Uh, no, I did not. Um, I would probably pick Common B. Uh, B.E. In 2005, that was produced by... Kanye and Jay Dilla because that album is like perfect and it kind of saved Common's life, like musically, you know. So yeah, I that kind of resurrected. And, and then that uh, performance of the food uh, from the Dave Chappelle show, yes. with him and Kanye, like I just want to be there for that day they filmed that because that that shit. I've never seen a song that was done on a TV show that made the album as like because there was an album version of the food. But they chose that version of the food to be on the album with Dave Chappelle doing the intro. Very cool day. Yeah. I feel like I watched um, Dave Chappelle Block Party recently. I had never seen it. I have no idea how that escaped me because it is all of my favorite music. Like, that's all of my favorite things is is everything. that, And I don't know if that's because I saw it on Chappelle show or what. But that was like every single thing that he had on that show and everything else, everything he had on Block Party to me was like my favorite thing. That concert was wild. Like, I just wanted to be there. Like, yeah. Kanye with the, with the marching band doing Jesus Walks. Yeah. Like, like that shit was, 
Even that. like Dead Prez hip hop is like the greatest thing of all. I didn't like the version that they did on that, but that's another story. But <laughs> it is all the best. Um, I'm furious that my entire feed is Ukraine. So I did want to talk about it a little bit. Oh, is the, the people dying bothering you? I, well, here's what <laughs> I'll explain. Let me explain what it, I guess that like because no one like the news consumption was way down and because of like weapons manufacturers, I was like skeptical about the whole thing. And I guess I'm a little bit surprised how much people are talking about this. Like we have to have like a like a choir singing at the beginning of SNL. Is anybody kind of shocked what? about the amount of coverage or am I that stupid that it's, it's so, the first war that is very uh, social media ready. It's I think wh- we're at, like white. We're at, we're at peak. We're, we're at peak like um, social media frenzy. And we haven't had a war that was this popular to for everyone to really grasp on. But what's interesting to me is that we've reached the point in the social media cycle where people are starting to, well, Ukraine did this and they did this and they're, you know, they here's some bad stuff that they do. Maybe it's not so bad. You know, there's a lot of that. Oh, what did Ukraine do? That was bad. I don't know. I, well, I saw on, on Willie D's Instagram, he's, <laughs> he's calling out that they mistreatment of uh, black people in, in Ukraine? Ukraine. Yeah. But we've reached that point and I've seen it on a couple different things, but that's the one that I just saw, I think today, but I we've reached that about that. Too. We've, re- we've reached the point where people are getting sick of all the accolades for uh, I call them Zell. And uh, <laughs> Oh, the, uh, everyone's favorite new stand up Zell. Zell. Everyone's new favorite stand up. <laughs> But we've reached the point where people are going to start going after because that's what happens for everything. There's a blowback if, to all the praise. If you like something too much, people will start digging in to what they've done bad. It happens with whether it's celebrity, musician, actor, politician. When you get when everyone likes you too much, if you have dirt, it's it's going to come out. I'm. Uh... I'm I'm surprised America got it right. <laughs> I like I yeah, feel like yeah. we never when they tell us something, it's like I never trust y'all telling me this. And like for a week before they were like, No, they gonna invade. Yeah. And every day yeah. and everything you'd hear from Ukraine and Russia were like, No, 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 we talking. We cool. And when they finally came in it felt like, Oh, look at you. Yeah, yeah, I got one. Yeah, Biden was like, no, no, we got a guy in there that tells us everything, and it's going to (laughs) happen. You knew that the entire world was watching this, and everyone thought it was a bad idea. But you did it anyway. All right. Okie doke. Did you guys see who the mayor of Kiev is? Yes. The fucking boxer. Yeah. That's the greatest thing. I had no idea. That's the greatest mayor, I think. But I think that's It's wild. Some, to that level of fame those two brothers have and they're actively going to fight i wouldn't yeah, want to fight them i hate to brush a bubble but wait till tom brady's president okay <laughs> we need a Tom's comedian and a... i'll put in the shoulder pads you can keep putting in the shoulder pads for tom brady, if tom brady ran for president there's no fucking way he's losing i guarantee i, I guarantee you he, he would win 
I about, uh, but I don't think he's fighting in the war. Well, he might. Man, get out of here. You're talking about him. Like I saw him run for that pass in that Super Bowl, and it was over for my fandom of him. Like, <laughs> They also, like, if you ever watch his, uh, they love showing his combine because he's just a terrible athlete. I'll take Vitaly Klitschko over him. Maybe they saw, like, did they have a comedian running the country and a boxer as mayor, and Putin was like, we got this. The clicks I mean, on paper that ain't bad. That ain't bad thinking from Putin. If that's what you see, and you're like, I mean, we got, we got to be able to take these. President two. Jerry Seinfeld, Mike Tyson's the mayor of New York. Mike <laughs> uh-huh. Tyson. The promos that the Klitschko brothers are cutting are really. I mean, I don't know what they're saying, but they look real fucking dope. Oh, I haven't seen this. Isn't one of them married to Hayden Panettiere? One of them was, yeah, the the shorter one, or no, the big one. I don't know big the difference between show. the two. And she's Lil. She's and yeah, Boyle, yeah, yeah. Well, it's you know, fun dynamic. Oh, can you <laughs> picture what he's saying? You know what I mean. I wouldn't want to be. I would get the fuck out of Ukraine. Is what I would do. Yeah, people have been trying. But that that president dude's like, fuck you, suck my dick. I'm staying here and I'm fighting Russia. That dude gonna have a huge statue. <laughs> they gonna be movies. They gonna be books about. He's uh, he immortalized right now. Yeah, Dave. Dave, what do you think of this? Because yeah. you work for the fucking Daily Show, yeah. and we're just a bunch of idiots. <laughs> How dumb are we? <laughs> you guys, you just don't know the like the subtleties <laughs> of what's happening in Eastern Europe right now. Break it down for me. Well, I mean, NATO. I, I don't know. NATO. You are you a Putin guy? Are you a Putin guy since way back? No, no. <laughs> I just, you I were... mean, are they that different? These two? It's like they're both wearing track suits. They do illegal repairs on my apartment. I mean, what's <laughs> what are they fighting about? It's like one one of your landlords <laughs> invaded your other landlord. I like my guys. You both do plumbing illegally. Like what? I mean, can't you see eye to eye? I can see I can see you have doing full heel turn, Dave, and and be like, you know, Putin's got a lot of good points. I mean, Putin's too try hard. That's the problem with him. It's like uh, with the horse and the shirtless and the judo. It's like, uh, do, do you really think he's actually like a tough guy? Do you think you could beat his ass, David? Oh, good question. I hundred percent could. I hundred percent could beat his ass. I like this. Hundred percent. This is what I like. Like I'd, want I'd pay for this slap. You got reach on him. <laughs> he's little. He's I'm little. Like a foot taller than him. There's no. And yeah. plus, he's like he's he's seventy. He's like an old person. How tall is Putin? <laughs> it's, not like he's, it's not like he's. uh You know, if he were in his fifties or something, then he'd have that like kind of like middle aged guy strength. But he's he's weak. Right now, <laughs> I mean, right. the Klitschkos could pummel me into like. I, I would be absolutely murdered. And they're in their late 50s, I think. I think Vitaly's like 56. Holy shit. But they were also pro. They made a living hitting people. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. They, they're like the, they're still probably like the most dangerous people because Vitaly's like 6'9. And it's just like, how could, who could possibly fight him? I mean, I know that like those dudes do like those UFC fights where they do like the, those exhibition matches and they always end up getting beat. But like, he's like the mountain, know, six, is the mountain who rides in the hound. 
So what do you, yeah, what like do those... you keep? What are you just jabbing Putin? You just keeping him at a distance? Oh, uh, I'd, yeah, I'd kick the shit out of him. I could do anything. <laughs> I'd have my yeah. way with him. I could have my way. There's yeah, no like, no worries. He it's can't do long, anything. It, it's been a long time since those shirtless horse photos. Yeah, and I bet those those man titties weren't really on that much of a no he's like put your shirt back on you got rick flair tits i mean those things are fucking real sagging yeah, they're, they're <laughs> sagging now, yeah. Mm-hmm. they don't read as tough guy older, i definitely get that operation when i get older <laughs> if i start adding weight and With, my uh... titties start dragging we taking these bitches back we get them perkies like the rock oh the rock <laughs> yeah. got the the titty and if you got titties like that and you listen to the show, which is chances are you do, you not yours. Everyone's we'll all, we'll all have them. They're all coming. Yeah. I would yeah. like that. I would like that uh that surgery. Yeah. I want I'll take a bunch of them. Legalize it. <laughs> Legalize it. Legalize that surgery, I say. Hey, did you guys see the picture of his table, of Putin's table? Mm-hmm. He did the whole scene from Batman One with like uh, Keaton and Basinger, with like yeah the 40, 40 foot table because of that's the dorkiest thing I've ever seen. Well, I mean he's very hypersensitive to COVID and he's oh is nuts. that what it is? Yes, he's um he's uh, he he likes everyone to stay forty feet away from him forty. That's what, you know, news outlets report who fucking knows what's true. But it's because he's hypersensitive and does not want COVID, which my theory, loose theory, is that he has some sort of uh, illness and this is his last hurrah. That's why he's doing the invasion. He only has so much left and he doesn't want COVID because he's immunocompromised and it could whack him. So... He has nothing to lose. And a crazy man with nothing to lose who does not care about other people is the type of person who will blow the fucking world up because he's dead. He don't give a fuck about anyone else. Yeah, that's David, Mike, Dave, and Rojo. If you haven't already, if I've won you over by now, you can hit subscribe. Last week, I accidentally made the show for subscribers only because I hit the wrong button. So you can avoid that by subscribing if you're enjoying the show pass it along don't keep that shit to yourself that would help me and help you socially think about it you're out you know covid is coming to an end people are like what are you been up to you can be like i was listening to this podcast i'll be like you're fucking cool as hell people be like that guy's or girl chances are guy is fucking awesome and then you'll be considered the cool friend that everyone has that's just by passing along that you listen to this cool show. There's still more show. If you want video of this panel, of this show, you want to see what everybody looks like, and you want to see every panel since March of 2020, that is on the show's Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Brido, B-R-I-D-O. What else does the Patreon have? I'm up through 1964 in World Series Reviews. There are 51 Chicago Comedy History Project bonus shows. Those are the interviews that are becoming part of a book that I'm currently shopping. And by the way, the person proofreading the book texted me, somebody should publish this motherfucker, quote unquote, someone should publish this motherfucker. So we'll see. 
If you want to support the show, you just want to tip me for entertainment. The show's Patreon is also where you go. Do I need money? Yes, patreon.com forward slash bright Tears start at $1 a month. You have that in your couch. If you want even more of me, I've been co-hosting Power Moves with Mike Burns, who you are currently enjoying on this episode. That's wherever you're listening to this. Okay, we'll get back to the show after a brief word from our sponsors, as they're a very attractive woman who can read this copy. This show was brought to you by No Coast Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in Urbandale, Iowa. Learn to defend yourself. Get back in shape with black belt instructor and bona fide hunk JJ motherfucking bar. He's been on the show. If you're in the Des Moines area, stop getting your ass kicked. Go, go, platter the fuck out of life until it taps. No coast Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Tell him Brido sent you. What is the best way to handle the streaming wars? Judge all the content against each other. The Buffer Battle podcast does just that. Joel and Tony are former radio co-hosts who pit two relevant pieces of content against each other every week to determine the winner of the week. From documentaries to dumb sitcoms, these two will help you decide who wins, and at the end of each month, they throw it all into a no-holds-bars cage match to see who wins the month, often joined by special guests, including your boy Brido, to help decide the winners, tournament style. These guys have fun making fun of themselves and keep their passions for film and TV alive during this podcast. Tony's a film nerd, Joel is a music geek, and they aren't shy about their opinions. Listen to the Buffer Battle podcast anywhere you download your podcast. Hi, this is Dustin with None Taken Podcast, and I have listened to Hunk with Mike Bridenstein. Hey, this is Alan with None Taken, and I also have listened to Hunk with Mike Bridenstein. And you clearly listen to Hunk with Mike Bridenstein, so maybe you'll like our show too. We post weekly episodes recapping current events and sharing way too much of our tragic personal lives. Give us a listen. You can find us wherever you found Hunk with Mike, or go to our website, nuntakenpod.com. And now back to the world's greatest panel. Fuck yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> These guys fuck. <laughs> Thank you, Dustin and Alan. Those guys fuck. It was the State of the Union, so you know those guys fucked. Now, here's the thrilling conclusion of David, Mike, Dave, and Rojo. And if you haven't already, you can still hit subscribe. Did Biden fuck up by announcing that he was going to pick a black lady? Should he have just done it instead of saying he was going to do it? Or how do you guys feel about that? Yeah, I guess, I mean, I guess it it wasn't the best to announce it. But, man, it felt like at that point he just... It felt like he needed some win. Yeah. And someone told him this was going to look good. Right? Like, it felt like, what, what's, like, and I think it's also part of, like, with this war. He, like, it sucks. Biden needed this. Biden oh. needed something of this. I'm obviously not saying he, America started this, but I'm saying they were catching L's. Kids got shot. Time. Good, good. They're not thinking about me. I think so, but I think that's probably why he announced it. Like, I think everybody knew. He didn't have to say and everybody assumed that was going to happen. Like, yeah, that was part. He had, he had mentioned it since while he was running. Calculated political move to appease, to, to appeal to black voters. It has to be. I mean, that's otherwise he could have just done it, but he he needed to point that out and harp on it. Yeah, and but why, why say you're going to do it? Like, to, to appeal to, to black to voters, to do you need to credit. say you're going to do it or just do yeah, it? To make sure everyone really notices. So oh, that way you fuck. get 
you get the pre-announcement you get the otherwise it's just it just happens and it goes away he, this way he double dips angela he what do, he, he was he campaigned on it though it wasn't like a yeah. recent thing so he was and right. it's, i think it's to appeal to the white voters yeah that sounds more like a, a thing that white people want to feel good about yeah like it's Hamilton. more to appeal to them yeah also you don't have to like i mean you know black voters it's like 90 percent democrat anyway it's kind of sewn up for him but he knew it was like he's not very he's this old white guy he's got an awful record he yeah. has an awful record yeah he had to go on the campaign trail and be like I'm going to, you know, he had that whole, what was that thing, the crime bill and all this other stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it was like the white liberals just needed to be reassured that he's like, you know, going to do, um, uh, reverse his uh, course, you know. And so, He was yeah, running to to negate all of the things that he caused in the first place. Yeah, because he didn't want to, yeah, he didn't want to have to talk about that shit. And then so it made it awkward because if he just, then then when the vacancy came out, if he could just be like, I'm picking her, she's the best, you know, that would have been the way to go. Right. Right. And it, Otherwise, it's like insulting to her because then it's like. I don't know. Maybe she, she probably doesn't care because it's like, you know, whatever you get there, you get there. But like, it's a, such a bizarre, like, it's a little like insulting. Like it's, to yeah, her. It's, he qualified it before he picked the best candidate. So now it's like, it, you're ca- like, you're calling your shot and qualifying it but instead of saying like, this is the best person. What, you know? Yeah, it's the it's yeah. the right it's the right thing to do. But he he made it for his own game. That's what it is. Um, this has been fun. This has been a fun one to do. Uh, funniest person my listeners have never heard of. Okay. I'm going to Danielle Perez. (laughs) 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 Have never heard from today. Well, I, I mean, I, I think they've heard of him, but like under appreciated is Bob Euchre. (laughs) Euchre Everyone's heard of Bob Euchre. Yeah, but go watch his induction speech to the Baseball Hall of Fame. It's like a comedy special. The guy's hilarious. <laughs> I got I don't one. I think I've watched that. I got one. Let me hear you, Dave. Uh, Marty DeRosa. Marty DeRosa. Marty DeRosa is one of the funniest people that I've ever fucking met in my life. And he moved out to L.A. from Chicago for a little bit. And then yeah. he moved back. Um, but goddamn, Marty's such a fucking great comic. And... Sometimes you'll see him in commercials on TV sometimes every once in a while. But um, if you do not know who Marty DeRosa is. He is a comedian you should know. Wrestling aficionado. Wrestling aficionado. Marty. Uh, That's a good pick. Do you know uh, Hasmin Garza? No. No. There's uh, someone. She's out of New York. Uh, Very funny. Uh, They should know her. Oh, you're doing, you're talking comedians. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to think of like, well, there's this funny guy at the, at a suit store in Old Town. <laughs> yeah. My listeners have heard of them. There's, there's, a, I mean, another comedian you should know is David Drake, I think is really funny. Oh, yeah. He's in Chicago. Um, Pretty There's big. a dude. Actually, this dude, I, I've never heard of him. Until, his, his name's Ethan Simmons Patterson. And he's oh, so yeah. funny. He he's really like, is. It, it's crazy, dude. And it, but he, I don't know why he's not like more famous because I saw him at the cellar and I was like, this guy's amazing. And I've never heard his name. I don't think he's been on TV even. I, I'm not. Maybe he has, but he's uh, the one recently. I was like, whoa, who the who the fuck is this guy? And an amazing basketball player. Ooh, 
Is I don't know. This dude is, it's wild how good he is. Uh, you guys have a game going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't get the email? I'll give it to you later. Dude. Don't worry about it. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't worry. No, yeah, yeah. You still on Hotmail? Yeah, give me on that one, bro. <laughs> Angelo, you who? in the Chuck you Taylors, you know? <laughs> doing, doing chess passes. <laughs> I always like this dude, Mike Dobbins in New York, who was a real maniac person on stage. And he was mm-hmm. one of those guys that that shows like Beauty Bar and and a lot of the and Cabin was just an absolute destruction type of dude on stage. He would just kill. And he, 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 it's like when he saw T.J. Miller early on at like Lion's Den, you're like, well, this guy's going to be on TV. He's going to, he just has this charisma and everyone likes him for whatever reason. And this dude just never, he never popped. And I don't know why. And maybe he's just, you know, didn't have the connections or didn't press hard enough in the business. But Mike Dobbins was a fucking mad genius on stage. And I, I loved watching him and everyone, everyone thought this dude was going to be the next something. And huh. I don't know what he, I don't know where he is now. I don't wonder. There was like a, I talk about this way too much, but it's like one of my favorite tweets ever was Joe Quizala had a tweet that was like, whenever anybody asks a comedian who their favorite comic is, they expect us to be like Jerry Seinfeld or Dave Chappelle. And it's usually like somebody who quit 10 years ago who lives in the woods now. <laughs> yeah, mine's Sean, mine's Sean, Sean, Cole. Sean Cole from Chicago. Like Mike Olson, another Chicago guy. Uh, God, there's so many. Pat Bryce, uh, uh, people. Steve O'Harvey, David Angelo. You know Steve O'Harvey. Well, I, you know, I used to put in this category was C.J. Sullivan, but CJ. he's been doing really well now. Yes. So now he's more like uh, getting some respect, but he was always so, I was like, that guy's so funny. They had a comedy show at uh, North Bar. <clears throat> yes. With a lineup of like Chicago has-beens. Yes. Like, it was like C.J. Sullivan. <laughs> had a it's called Cautionary <laughs> Tales. <laughs> And it's like all of the classic like 2004 back of the room guys from the open mics. And he puts like Mike, uh, Bill O'Donnell up and he puts like Petrovka, like some real psychopaths. <laughs> well, that's another thing. A lot of dudes. Oh, Angela knows you, all those people. Junior Stopka. Junior. Oh, see, yeah. Junior's a murderer. Yeah. I thought, I, like literally. <laughs> Probably uh, literally. Not he, on stage, but like like a, a real killer. He <laughs> probably could fight one of the Klitschko's also. Yeah. I, Junior could Junior, beat me up. Junior could beat me up. Junior's a guy that is, I I look at the same way as this Mike Dobbins cat, is that you thought Junior was going to be like pop. And I think he he just never did. I think he liked to, you know, sometimes you can see a dude likes to party a little bit and well, it's Maybe a, little, a little too much. Well, what do you want Hollywood to cast him as like a leading man? What do you, what do you want out of him? He'd be a funny like henchman in somebody's crew. He's he is being, a funny henchman, yeah. But some guys, I just don't think you can wrangle. It's interesting because <laughs> that some of some people who were the funniest guys weren't necessarily the best comedians on stage. Like Steve O'Harvey was one of the funniest motherfuckers you could hang out with and drink a beer. And he's just naturally funnier than everyone at that table you were sitting at, but his act was, it was good. It's just, but it's just really simple. And it wasn't like murderers. David, will you tell the story about the, uh, the canoe trip where you guys went to the restaurant 
and she started counting heads. Oh yeah, we went to Wisconsin to go to uh, canoeing, and then we stopped for lunch on the way up. And we got walking to this restaurant, and the waitress, the hostess, there's she's counting all of us, and she goes eight, and then Steve-O goes, "No, we haven't. That's why we're here." <laughs> <laughs> See, it's stuff like that. That's, yeah. <laughs> I thought because because there was no news this week other than Ukraine, I started uh, looking at uh, just random questions, and they're kind of fun. So, best city without a baseball team? Portland. New Orleans. New Orleans or Portland seem like good answers. Best city for, like, just hanging out as a city? Hanging out in the city. New Orleans has got to be – New Orleans is a better city than Portland, right? Yeah, I think it's hard for me to just even name a city that's good. <laughs> you don't know you don't like any town or city? I don't like most cities. I travel a lot. They're all kind of crummy. I'm not, how many times are you in a city where you're like, okay, this I could move here? Portland, I felt rare. I felt that way in Portland. I don't think I felt that way in New Orleans, but I like New Orleans. New Orleans, no. That's a hard no for me to live in. Yeah. Lots of fun to visit for a couple of days. It's it's like Vegas. 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 There we go. <laughs> I don't know why Vegas doesn't have a, a a team for every sport. Like Vegas is such a a well, cash cow. Well, the baseball has they... such a stigma with gambling because of uh, the, the White Sox and Pete Rose. And so going to Vegas makes them look like hypocrites, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, Between the Henry Ruggs um, – auto homicide and yep. the recent Alvin Kamara of uh, uh, beat yeah. down. Not, no professional sports should be in Las Vegas played in or, or localized there. There should never be any sports teams in Las Vegas. It's Those nights not... have a fun intro though. That negates all the things that you just said, <laughs> but one, wait until one of them, that hockey you know, team, real fun up. intro, burn. So that you one of them take... go, one of them's gonna fuck up, and it's gonna happen. There's, it's, it's too naughty of a city. Raiders, just... Raiders. <laughs> There's Rams. People cheering the Rams in my neighborhood, and I'm like, since when? But fucking Fairweather LA fans are the goddamn worst. <laughs> no, you went to a Rams game when they first when they were playing at the Coliseum. That thing was half empty. They didn't give a fuck. I think no of it as said... half full. That stadium is trash. You, you go to, but you go to like when it the Lakers trash, aren't yeah. good. When the Lakers aren't good, that's half empty. The Kings, no one used to go to Kings games until Gretzky came there, and then they got success in like later years. Nobody gave a flying fuck about the Kings. There is no. Why? But I don't get this argument. I love this idea that fans go, "Y'all suck." I should still give you my money. Yes, that's the problem with as a Cubs fan. You billionaire, here's some more money that I don't have. As a Cubs fan, the problem was all. Yeah. Yes. When I was bad at comedy, no one came to see me. I wasn't like, (laughs) you pieces of shit. No, you get better. And eventually they come. Yeah, I, I, I get that. But I just mean in general. You, if you go into a, no one a came town, to Field like, of Dreams till the ghosts showed up. If you go to Cleveland, <laughs> I, I live outside of Detroit. People are wearing fucking gear. They're still watching the games on Sunday. They still love the team. The bars are still packed to watch them suck. But you walk into a, a Los Angeles bar on a Sunday, like 
no one's watching a fucking Rams game when they weren't good. But I think that goes back to what David was talking about. Most cities stink. In shitty cities, people got to do something. So all we got is this team that doesn't care, that lives in Jersey. If you go to Iowa City on a Saturday morning during football season, half of the state is cares about that game because there's nothing going on. Whereas, like, in in L.A., like, there's – I mean, people don't even know that there's a USC or UCLA game happening. They're just living their life – yeah, and it's I'm, not even just. Go ahead, Burns. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm in a small town, and today I was looking up local high schools to go watch basketball games. That's how. <laughs> See, that's are. that's yeah. fun. That's that's fun. That sounds fun, right? Sounds like a good time. I don't know. If there was like some phenom basketball player like Compton Dominguez, I could see myself wanting to go see that. Did anybody go see? Did anybody live in Chicago when Garnett played and go see Garnett in high school? That would have been fun. Or somebody like. Yeah. I mean, I was there, but I was too young. Yeah. You didn't go see Farragut in 94? Okay. That's how Weber played my high school. Chris Weber would come in and play, and that was so fucking electric. He he played like a professional athlete when he was in the ninth grade as a starter for uh, Detroit Country Day. Duncan, throwing the ball off the backboard and shit. Fucking incredible. Never, Never saw anything like that. Man, Weber been getting paid since ninth grade. That's why. Yep. Oh, he is. <laughs> yeah. been making a living at that since thirteen. That 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 dude's pockets were definitely lined as a ninth grader. <laughs> Jawan's fighting people now. What's happening with ah. that? I like he's, that. He's yep. He definitely slapped that coach. <laughs> he that, that. Fab Five. Southside bitch. Man. <laughs> <laughs> But Jawan was always kind of soft, and that's like. But I, I still enjoyed that. He has like too that. kind of a face. You can tell he's a nice man. I went to when I was an eighth grader. I went to the U of M basketball camp, and Jawan Howard was there, being recruited. He was a senior in high school, and he was just by himself, real soft spoken, shooting around. And I, I didn't know who he was, and it was just like on the same rim. And he came up to me, and I'm just a little kid, and he says, "Hey, I'm Jawan." You want to play horse with me? And we played like three games of horse. And then later on, I found out who he was. And I was like, holy shit. He was a really nice guy. He was just kind of a quiet, soft-spoken dude. He's in uh, Hoop Dreams. Yeah. He's at one of the how'd games. You do in the, how'd you do in the games, Burns? I lost. <laughs> I, okay. I, I did really poorly. <laughs> I, I think I probably got H once or twice out of three times. And then I just got smoked and... Do you remember the basketball player Ricky Davis? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He played our high school, and when he would go for a dunk, we would foul him, and our whole entire stands would boo. We wanted to right. see we wanted to see this dude do a three sixty windmill dunk. Hey, three dollars to get into this. Yeah, we don't see we don't see a lot of athletes. The, uh, when I was in college, I was in Lakeland, Florida, and we would go see the spring training games. The Tigers played in that town, and we That's would fun. go. Yeah, we went. So, but we'd go to the A ball games, and we saw Verlander and A ball play. Uh, but we go see a Yankees Tigers game, and Ruben Rivera was rehabbing. This was after he had stolen the Derek Jeter glove and sold it. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> we give this dude, I mean, hell for seven innings. Just he's in the field. We ripping him every time. The game ends. We're drunk. We're fun. Uh, the coach comes up to us and goes, "Hey, man, uh, Ruben gotta walk by here to leave the stadium. Can y'all just be cool?" <laughs> can you just let this guy walk and he's like uh and he was like he'll come and say hi and take a photo but no but yeah i can't continue to be back and we're like oh yeah 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 man we were the <laughs> nicest after he came he took photos he like chopped it up for like five minutes uh that was a pretty fun one a small town good time wait the the yankees uh spring training was oh, there? the tamp the tampa uh, oh. yankees came to play the Lakeland Tigers. Oh, okay. Wait, did you grow up a fan of the... What team did you grow up a fan of? I'm a Yankees fan. Yankees fan? Did you see Jeter left the uh, Marlins today? I did see that. I don't, it don't matter. Do you feel like he's maybe he's the most still part overrated? owner. Is he? He's, I mean, he was part owner, and then, and then they named him CEO. So he just not working. Oh, he's like just he's getting passive income. Mo- he making money, yeah. This is not. He probably realizes, yeah, he don't. They're getting. He he reached a level too famous in life to now just be a desk guy, <laughs> to be fucking having a nine to five. My first thought right. was that he left. I thought he left the Marlins, and I was like, I wonder if he gave him like a gift basket. That was like what they always said about him. Was it? When, <laughs> when he, no, yeah, he, he had like an actual job, so people were probably like coming into his office, like, "Hey, Derek, uh, you got those reports for us." I was like, oh, well, I'm, I'm going to need you to work on Saturday, bud, okay? Is that okay with you? Cheater's <laughs> not doing TPS how, reports. How disgusted I'd be if I was that famous and you came in to tell me there was no printer paper. <laughs> if that's what you bothered me with. It's like, come on, you're not working Saturday. I got to go fuck Charlize Theron at the, at the Marriott. <laughs> Oh, we let's do. Uh, I want to know your favorite baseball player when you were a kid. Then we can go. I'm just curious. I want to know. Mine is Andre Dawson. I'm so <laughs> sorry uh, if I've said that a thousand times. I know Burns is. I'm gonna say, but Burns, give me your second favorite after Don Mattingly. Don Mattingly is my favorite of all time. My second would be Kurt Gibson. You think of him as a tiger, is why. Not... I think of him as a tiger. Yes, but I still appreciate the Dodger years. Angelo, are you a Red Sox guy? No. Well, when I was a kid, I lived in Virginia, oh. and that was before the Nationals, so I kind of was a Cal Ripken fan. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and he was cool, and I and he was uh, – I was doing a show in Baltimore uh, like five, six years ago or something, and I'm walking the uh, boardwalk on the – whatever they call it in Baltimore um, – there's some word harbor or something. I, I forget what they call it. But I'm walking down there, and there's a restaurant on the outside, and he's sitting right there, Cal Ripken. And I was like, God damn it! Everybody was with people, but so I didn't go up to him. But I was like, You were my hero. Like <laughs> truly, I had a poster of him and everything. You know. Yeah. Big Uncle Fester head now. He looks like <laughs> uh, Steve Wilkos a lot. Yeah. Guess what I have sitting right here actually is. Uh... A Billy Ripken fuckface card. Oh, is it the, oh, is that the that's the white error too, right? No, this is a regular. It's listed as Rick face in the Beckett. Okay. 
What's your what's your grading on it? Nine. That's not bad. I got one of those. I can't remember which error it is. Are people collecting billies? Well, because his bat says fuckface on it. That's a hot card. That's the Fleer 89, right? Yeah, yeah. these are my best ones. I got the Billy Ripken. I got a Schmidt rookie. And I got... uh, Maybe you've heard of this guy. Ricky Henderson. What's the grade on that? Eight? Seven. 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 You know, those go for a shit ton of money at, at 10. I would yeah. collect dimes, David. I'm all, I'm all dimes, baby. You wouldn't take a nine fuck face? Yeah, but, I mean, that goes in the for sale pile. <laughs> you know how I, feel. I only I only I only like perfection. You wouldn't take a Honus Wagner, like a, like a Gretzky? I have a Ripken rookie at nine, and I it's still like, I'd move it. I'd rather consolidate into dimes because they're just the long-term value is going to appreciate more. Dave, who's your favorite baseball player? Uh, for me, it has to be somebody from that 2016 Cubs team because I was, I was fucking in love with those dudes, man. And this is going to be a weird choice because he, he, he kind of sucks. But I just I think he's just a very valuable player in terms of like what he brings to the team and the morale and like the speech he gave, you know. Oh, after, Hayward. It's Hayward. It's Jay. It's Jay Hay. You know what I'm saying? I know. I know. Because he started off so good in Atlanta. Yeah. You know, and he even with the Cardinals. Off. I'm sorry. Even with the Cardinals. Yeah. But he just his defense was so valuable. Yeah. And um, if not him, my second favorite is will be Javi Javi Baez. You know what I'm saying? In, in Pure, terms sex. Of what he, Pure sex. Pure sex. Pure sex. Okay. All right. He's a hot dude, man. He's a hottie. He's a hot man. Mm. Mm. He is a sexy dude. Yeah, he also just plays with uh he plays with the grace you feel like I feel like basketball players do. Yeah, like he's yeah. very smooth with his the way he does the goes by the game. It's the real the way he flips like a double play, like like the way he just There's you know, mm-hmm. He's the best tagger I've ever seen. I've never thought I would ever care about tagging, but he made it look cool. There's one play where he's like, I think he's playing for Puerto Rico in like the world baseball championships. And he gets the throw from like Molina or somebody who's catching. And he goes to tag the guy and celebrates tagging the guy out while he's tagging him. Uh And I'd never seen anybody do it that cool before. I I just thought he was the best. he's, He's pretty dope. And then the Cubs got rid of all three of my favorite players in one day. That was a sad-ass day, man. (laughs) (laughs) Hope you like Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, and Javi Baez because they're going to be on different teams. Fuck you. We're giving all your money to Trump. That's what the Cubs told me in one day. (laughs) Who's your all-time favorite Cub, though? All-time. I love Dawson is my favorite. but From the whole – okay, yeah. He was the best player – like in 87, when I started paying attention, he won the MVP that year. He hit the Hulk. He hit 49 home runs. He That was his first year with the team. Everybody oh, was right behind, right behind um, Mike on, the, on his right-hand side for us is that giant Hawk poster. No, you have the poster oh, yeah, on your yeah. wall, bro. Oh, yeah, right there. <laughs> wow, yeah. And I have a signed ball of him right there. I met him at spring training in 2016. I went over there to like see who they were, who was signing. They're like, like I was like, the Cubs are having people sign 
I thought it was just going to be like old shitty player. Like the best I could get is like Sean Dunstan or like Rick Sutcliffe, which I would love. I like Ronnie Woo Woo. You would just be at bars. <laughs> Are they going to get Ronnie Woo Woo? It's so sad. <laughs> it is sad. And then sitting there was Andre Dawson, and I reacted the way that uh, Ralphie acts in a Christmas story when he sees Santa Claus. Like, I couldn't ha- – my brain broke in half. What's the feeling with Sammy Sosa and, like, Palmero with the with the fan base? Well, Palmero was so like – I'm not a Cubs fan, but – Palmero was gone before he was good. So it's kind of like, why don't you do that shit when you were on the Cubs? Oh, really? Yeah, boy. I thought he was, he was good out of the gate, Palmero. But then he goes to like the Orioles or to the Rangers and he becomes like a 30 home run a year guy. He's 3000 hits. He wasn't, he was on the Cubs in like 87, 88 and they traded him before he started doing legalize it. I say Luis Gonzalez too. Luis Gonzalez. It was like whoever left the Cubs, Greg Maddox became like amazing. He was great. Grace wins a world series as soon as he leaves. Grace has got to be my favorite Cub of all time. Yeah, just because of the lore, the slump buster. No, just no, just the whole ripping butts and bars and and I I wrote for the Steve Dahl show in Chicago and the producer was his roommate. He lived with Mark Grace for the entirety of the time that I worked. So he would come in and tell us what happened with Gracie the night before. And how do we not know this story? I never told you this. So every day. At the radio station, he would walk in and be like, oh, my God. Last night, Mark came in. He's got a bag of pretzels, a uh, a Ben and Jerry's, and a six-pack of beer. And he's full butt naked in the kitchen. And, <laughs> and, like, he's talking to me for five minutes. And he's just sitting there shoveling in pretzels, dipping them in the ice cream, slugging beers. He's got a cigarette going. And then a woman just appears from behind the the kitchen island and she was down <laughs> beneath the island and he'd be like well we're going to bed we'll see you later and he'd go upstairs and he'd gr- grab up all his goodies like in a big heap he'd take the ice cream and the pretzels and the six pack and pack of smokes go up to his room <laughs> and then he'd go play the next day jesus christ yeah, and this was like he he would do this all the time. That he like pretzels, ice cream after he was bombed after the bar. Pretzels, ice cream, ripping butts, and, and unattractive he'd women. Grab a sixer for the road. He liked unattractive women too. Is what I was always <laughs> told. Oh, he drank a lot. Do you you know the slump buster story, right? Yeah, that's questionable though, Brad. Well, he would say that. You don't want to be given misinformation on this podcast. I don't. I mean, I don't get a we'll fact get check. Maybe. After all the other factual stuff we've said throughout the duration of the show, <laughs> there are no good cities, says David Angelo. They really aren't. I, I mean, you name name two. You know what I mean? Two good cities. <laughs> no Chicago, good. New York City. New York yeah. says shithole. It's an unlivable shithole. <laughs> yes, get it. As I say on my 38th floor penthouse window with my wine rack. I, mean, my I don't life. know how anybody. I don't know how I can anybody. see Bobby Axelrod from your window. <laughs> uh, Paris, France is a city. Paris is like New York. It is a city. Paris is shitty? But- 
shithole. Paris? It's got it the is. Louvre? You got to go to Versailles where it's nice, you know? <laughs> <laughs> is that a city? Yeah. Versailles, now we're talking. You know, I'm in the Burgundy region. I got a villa. <laughs> All right, fine. There's no good cities. Uh, Iowa City, Iowa. Thank you. Uh, that's a, that's a no. Story. It's not good. It's a isn't that a college town? There's it nothing is. there. It's by Des Moines, right? It's four hours. Oh, from Cedar Des Rapids is by Cedar Rapids. It's by Cedar Rapids. Yeah. Yeah. No good. No good. There's, not, there's nothing to eat. There's not in the state of Iowa. You've there are no good restaurants. Never had a walking taco that's, that's before. Fair. Ooh. Ah. You've never no, turned into. There's nothing good so to wait. What was the claim? There's nothing good to eat in Iowa. Apparently, you don't like wedge salads. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> Apparently, you don't like casseroles. But they don't. You don't get that. See. I'm I'm sure that there's good cooks in every state. And I was just in the South and everyone talks about how good their like mom's cooking is and all this shit. Can one of them open a restaurant? Because it's just Chipotle <laughs> and Subway. It's like, come on, it's slim pickings. The actor I ate a Chipotle twice last week in Virginia. There's nothing to eat there. Crab cakes. Get some crab cakes. That's Maryland. Oh, my bad. Same thing. Other shit. Who has plugs? Who wants to plug something? I got DavidAngeloPrime.com. If you like what you see here, <laughs> which I can't imagine. I yeah, can't even imagine. <laughs> no, they do. <laughs> you know what? Forget it. Just forget everything. No, you got to find Angelo. <laughs> Rojo, what do you got? Uh, ooh, You're coming to L.A., right? Yeah, March 13th. Sunday, 7 p.m. The Glendale Room. Uh, it'd be great if y'all stopped being little bitches and bought some tickets. <laughs> uh, is that is that a good way to invite people to a show? I don't know why he called me a little uh, bitch. The Domian's gonna be on it. Carlos Santos, Sasha Marcy, Renee Godier. Should be fun. Mm, nice. Burns, what do you want to plug? You can listen to Power Moves with Mike Burns anywhere you get a podcast uh, featuring your boy Brad already. I'm on that show. Helen, what do you got? I'm going back to Chicago to headline the Comedy Bar March 25th through the 27th. Come down to your favorite Geno's East Pizzeria and come watch some comedy. Say hi to Sahar for me. Deep dish. All right, thank you. This will be out Friday. Thank you for doing this. I uh, There was no news this week, and we still made it to this long. So thank you, guys. I think we did a good job. I think you did a very solid job. If anybody sees Danielle, tell her I'm word sick about her. She's going to be showing up any time now. So. <laughs> All right, thank you. Let's play basketball <laughs> sometime. Yeah, okay. yeah, no, I'll call you, David. Yeah, like, you got my number. You, know, you, you can figure I'll look for her. <laughs> As David, Mike, Dave, and Rojo. I will tag all of them on Twitter and Instagram. Go give everybody a follow on social media. They did this show for free. They want your follow. I promise you. Thank you for listening. R.I.P. Michael Clark Duncan. And as always. <laughs>